0: We're on Beyond 2020 Vision, Part 8. There's one to go. Uh, it's our final vision value today to kind of complete the picture, and then next week I'm going to tie it all together. But I thought to, to whet the appetite this morning, I'd just share five quick thoughts about the power of vision. Uh, since we're spending so much time looking at our vision at the start of this year. So just five quick thoughts, really, to fly through. Number one, people are wired to unite around a cause. You see how, how quickly and how strongly people across the globe have united behind Ukraine's plight. It's been very inspiring, actually. Biblical story is the story of the Tower of Babel, if you remember that one. And you want a, a simple memorable mission statement and a clearly articulated vision of what could be and what should be has the potential to draw people together in a powerful way the flip to that and I think this is Andy Stanley saying if you don't know where you're going any road will do we know that we've looked at it Proverbs 29 verse 18 King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. They they just die on the inside. They lose all will and all enthusiasm. There's no hope for their faith to grasp. The new King James says, where there is no revelation, and the translator's note there says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They just start running off in the direction of their choice. And so you end up getting friction and not traction. You have personal agendas and not unity. You aim everywhere and hit nowhere. Thirdly, if your resources are finite, you will have to be at least to a degree selective. You simply cannot be all things to all people. You cannot take up every idea and run every ministry. It's a line I hear my brother say often. It takes more than one church to win a city. You know, we are part of, of a bigger picture. So the key, I think, is to identify what God has placed within you to identify what God has placed within us and to allow that that core DNA to reproduce life. Number four, just flying through this quickly. Number four, compelling vision is irresistible. And as we work our way through our vision, I hope that our vision stirs your heart. I hope, as it were, it excites your spiritual bones. And if so, Why not jump in? Why not be all in? That's a bit of a sneak preview to the message next week. I'd also say this, if not, if our vision does not stir your heart and does not excite your spiritual bones, please find a vision somewhere that grips you. One really worth living for, dare I say, even worth dying for. And number five, this is kind of the deal clincher for me, If your dream is not impossible, it's just too small. I said earlier in the series, we're not going to change the world with a man-made dream. We're not going to change the world with with well-done us, or with look what we can do. That old verse, Zechariah 4, verse 6, not by might, nor by power. That's not by human might, not by human power, but by my spirit says the Lord it's not impossible you're just not dreaming big enough in fact, if God gives you a dream it will always be impossible anyway moving on let's the introduction that's whetted your appetite we're, we're gonna dive into number six on the list which is the church we see is equipping the subtext is maturing people in their faith encouraging them in their gifts developing them in their leadership and releasing them to be everything they can be for the Lord. Just clarify the them and "there" in this room is you and us, okay? In case you missed that nuance. And, and I think it's simple, at least, at least in my head, if we, are in, if we are raising and releasing people, then everything else on that list and that list becomes possible. Here's a statement for you. We will never be an outreach centre until we first become a training centre. You might have heard uh, sort of illustrations like this, that that a flourishing church, amongst other things, will be a hospital. It'll be a hospital where sick people can come and get healed. It will be a a classroom where, where, where eager people can come to learn. It'll be a gymnasium where, where people can exercise and get fit. But you know what? So much of what we see when we dream requires us first to be equippers. And that means that our task is to, as Jesus said, to feed sheep. It's to grow leaders. It's to train workers. It's to release gifts. And it's to empower people. If we do that, everything else becomes possible. Simply, the more people we can equip, the further we will go. Again, that dream's impossible, isn't it? How are we ever going to accomplish all of that? How are we going to effectively do that? It's impossible. And that's why it's so important that we, we as a body, pull together, we we, we learn and we grow and we allow God to release us into what he's called us to do. Here's the passage probably familiar to you. It's Ephesians chapter 4. And it starts off, you can read the whole chapter really, but it starts off in verse 4. When he, Jesus, ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. And then if you drop down to verse 11, it explains what those gifts were. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people, there's our word, to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So as leaders, one of our, if not our primary responsibility is to equip saints to do the work of the ministry. And that's one of the key ways that we, we build up the church. And then Paul goes on to explain what that equipping and that, what, what that building up comprises. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That we will be increasing in unity, increasing in in knowledge, increasing in maturity and grown to, to fullness. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We will be able to discern. We'll be able to distinguish the truth from a lie. We'll know what it really means to walk in love. And as it said there, to grow in in every way more and more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And then for me, this little passage ends with with a compelling picture. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's a great summary of our vision right there. And if you look at look at that little passage, a few little phrases jump out to me. Whole body. Each part. Special work. Healthy and growing and full of love. And that's the the pattern. I think that's the that's a picture that is expressed in our vision value, which is the church we see. Is equipping. Again, maturing people in their faith, encouraging them in their gifts, developing them in their leadership, and releasing them to be everything they can be for the Lord. So for today, I I want to look at equipping in in four spheres, all of which are expressed in one way or another in Ephesians chapter 4, and those four are number one, equipped in word, Number two is equipped in walk. Number three is equipped in work. And number four is equipped in witness. And it won't have escaped your attention that all of those begin with the letter W. You may clap. Thank you. I've got to wake you up somehow. Okay, number one. We need to be equipped in the word. No great surprise that this one is top of the list. Here's the statement. Being strong in the word is your most powerful weapon. Amen. But being weak in the word is your greatest potential vulnerability. And as Paul wrote, we just read in Ephesians chapter 4, we cannot afford to stay immature like children. We cannot afford to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, which, of course, you can find all over the internet these days. We we cannot afford to stay seduced or or misdirected or enslaved by the persistent and pernicious lies of the enemy. It is the verse, 2 Timothy 2.15. Again, familiar to you. Do your best. To present yourself to God as one approved, a work who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. The old King James Version rightly divides. And that implies to me that there's a correct handling and there's an incorrect handling. And so clearly for us, being, being biblically literate is paramount. You know, we have to know the truth that sets you free. We've all got bonds from which we need to be set free. And we need to have what Paul called a renewed mind. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, so you can be a transformer rather than just a conformer. We need to be strong in the Word because that way we make sure that our faith is strong and stable and secure. Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Do you know what? The world needs a bold version of you, strong in faith. Finally, so you you can understand the nuances of love and grace. Which are crucial but not always straightforward. 2 Timothy 3:16, 17. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, here we go, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There it is. We need to be thoroughly equipped. And that'll come through being taught and rebuked and corrected and trained. Trained for every good work so we are armed and dangerous. So we are strong and secure. So we are purposeful and directed. So we are promise-focused and not problem-focused. So we are full of the word rather than full of the world. You know what, this is a huge part of the church's role. So our our responsibility, our commitment is to help you become equipped in the word. Of course, this is a lifetime pursuit. This is a journey that we're all on. And I can assure you that that I take my role of, of, of sharing God's word with you on a Sunday morning extremely seriously. Not only that, we, we, we try and reinforce it with handouts so you can fill them in and look back at them later, remember what we've talked about. There are connect group discussion sheets that enable, you, that enable you to dig into that a little bit deeper. Those are all available online on a Monday morning. You'll also find there's a there's a Bible reading plan on there. You may have your own Bible reading plan. I'd encourage you to have one. There is one of our own on the website that you can follow if you like. And of course, we also subscribe to Right Now Media, which is stacked full of Bible teaching resources so that you can be equipped in the Word. Number one. Number two is equipped in walk. Now, we all know the walk isn't always easy. Not sure whether that's time for an Amen or an Oh, me, oh, my. But the word is the walk is not always easy. It does not always go according to plan. For anything like me, you hit frequent roadblocks. You know, they can feel as though there's a real and tangible sense of opposition. After all, we're warned that it is going to be a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power, put on the whole armour of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the heavenly forces of evil, in the he- spiritual forces even in the heavenly realms. And as I read this passage, it tells us that there is a real adversary, that He is working against you, that He has schemes and strategies that are dark and divisive. The Bible tells us that the enemy is a thief, and that he's a liar, and that he's an accuser, and that he is a tempter. So guess what? It is going to be, as Paul says, a struggle. And therefore, you must take your stand. You must be be strong in the Lord. In other words, we must learn how to walk with God. We must learn how to walk in the light rather than the darkness. We must learn how to walk in love. We must learn how to walk in truth rather than all those pesky, insidious lies. We must learn how to walk in the Spirit, walk with the Spirit. And we must learn to walk in the fullness of victory that the Lord Jesus Christ won for us on the cross. If we continue reading Ephesians 6, which we will in a minute, Paul tells us that that we do not go into this spiritual battle. We do not go in there alone. We do not go into battle ill-equipped or unarmed. In fact, we have a whole set of spiritual armor we can put on. Let's read the words there, they're so encouraging. Verse 13 of Ephesians 6, Therefore put on every piece of God's armour, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, some of you have been around here long enough to remember a, a message that I gave on a related theme. And we had Phil Dolby standing up the front showing us all the equipment that a police officer takes out with him on patrol. Anyone remember that? Do you know, it was quite the lift, and he unfolded, you know, emptied his bags and his pockets. He had a radio, he had handcuffs, he had a torch, a notebook, he had a knife. He had a collection of defensive weapons. He had a taser. He had a a collapsible baton. He had a chemical spray. He had hand sanitizer. This was pre-COVID. They were well prepared. He had a first aid kit with him. He had disposable gloves. He even had a CPR mask. And the moral of the story on that occasion was, was, does the police officer know what he has or she have with them? Do they know how to use each one? Or do they know when to use each one? The point being is, without all that, they're just unprepared. And they're ineffective. And actually, they're vulnerable. The flip to that is, with all of that, ready to go, they're ready for action. They're ready for every eventuality. They're able to operate at peak efficiency. So with that in mind, and for us, and in light of Ephesians chapter 6, do we know what we have at our disposal? Can, Can we wield the weapons of our warfare? Do we know how to operate in the gifts that God has given us? Are you ready for what life may well throw at you? Are you aware of and skilled in the tools that God has given you for the journey. So again, a huge part of our responsibility, a huge part of our commitment as the church is to equip you for the walk. Frankly, to equip you for war with the belt of truth, with the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the shoes of peace and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit to prepare you to use them to their full potential so that you can indeed walk in truth and walk in love and walk in the Spirit and dare I say, walk in victory. Number three. Number three is equipped in work. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's God's workmanship, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. This is about, A, this is about flourishing in what God has called you to do. You know, we're all gifted. We all have purpose. This verse tells us that we all have good works preordained, that the God has put there and prepared for us Ahead of time. We will all have ministry opportunities, we will all have divine encounters, we will all have chances to serve the Lord. Do you know what, there is such fulfillment to be found in that. There's something wonderful about stepping fruitfully into what God has wired you for. I often call it, call it your sweet spot. And I'm convinced that when you are in your sweet spot, that's the place where your faith comes alive. That, that's the place where your relationship with the Lord comes alive. That's the place where your service, where, where your prayer life come alive. So being equipped for work is first of all about flourishing in what God has called you to. Secondly, it's, it's about developing your God-given gifts and talents and ministries. Much we could say here last week, we looked at those motivational gifts. If you remember from Romans chapter 12, that those gifts were serving and teaching, prophecy, encouraging, giving, leading, and showing mercy. And each time the point was, if that's your gift, if that's the way you're wired, if that's what motivates you, just go for it and do that to the best of your ability. Get into the middle of the family, if you remember, and start doing that. I think my observation would be that, that on that list of seven, people usually have a major and a couple of minors. wonder what, which one of those for you jumps up quickest and loudest, which other two are kind of tucked in a little bit behind. But again, the point of what Paul is saying in Romans 12, that we all have a responsibility to steward those gifts. We have a responsibility to grow into them, to to, to practice and perfect them for God's glory. Thirdly, or let us see, this is about our desire for God to say to us one day, well done, good and faithful servant. As I read that, faithful is about character. Good, it's about quality. Faithful is about using what, what God has given you for his glory and using it willingly and using it consistently. Good is about, is about working that gift. It's about practicing and perfecting what God has given you, simply becoming Good at it. And what equipping you is the journey that God is taking you on. Hebrews 13, verse 20 says, may, Now may the God of peace equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. What a great prayer. You know, God wants to equip us with all we need so he can do his work, so, so he can do his will. And he's working, he's working to produce in you through the power of Christ good fruit and good works. It's right Hebrews Hebrew, says, every good thing that is pleasing to him. So equipped in word, equipped in walk, equipped in work, and the last one is equipped in witness. We now are commissioned Matthew 28, verse 19, familiar verse, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, te- teaching them. And our task is, is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, says God has given us this, this task of reconciling people to him. Verse 19, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now, one of the most crucial tasks that God has given each one of us is to be an ambassador for Christ, to be ministers, ministers, reconciliation to be preachers of the gospel to be makers of disciples and just as for numbers one two and three on my list which were word and work and walk the other around, we need to be equipped in this why because it's not easy and i reckon we'd all probably like to get better at it so just some quick thoughts I don't have a lot of time to to dig into this today. We need to be equipped for five things, or six things, or seven things, or however many I decide. Five, I think. We need to be equipped. Number one, we need to be equipped to explain the gospel in simple terms. Number two, we need to be equipped to, to defend the faith with skill. What they call apologetics. That isn't easy, and it isn't getting any easier. We need to be equipped... I'm convinced to elevate conversation onto spiritual matters. If you're anything like me, you're involved in 101 conversations over the course of the day, recovering all sorts of different things, different areas. How do we take those conversations and use them for His glory? How do we just elevate them a little bit to start to open the door, to start to shine the light, just to elevate it, if you like, from the mundane into the eternal, into the spiritual. We need to be equipped to do that. Number four is we need to be equipped to recognize and capitalize on divine appointments. You know what a divine appointment is? When when you bump into someone and you just have a conversation, at the end of it you go, there was something really strange about that. It was as though heaven had its finger on that conversation. Why did I bump into that person at that moment? And why did they say that thing at that specific time? It's a divine appointment. God will move people across your path strategically. It's part of that Ephesians 10, good works prepared in advance. Are you equipped to to effectively handle and leverage a divine appointment? And the fifth one on my list, the last one, plenty others, will be equipped to respond to that tug of compassion. As the Holy Spirit opens a window of opportunity, as the Holy Spirit for a second shows you what he is seeing and what he is feeling and thinking for and about that person. We need to be equipped to learn how to recognize and to respond to that tug and then to obey what the Holy Spirit uh, uh, Ask of us. And again, a, a significant part of our job as a church is to equip you to do that. And we do it by teaching and by training and by, by encouraging. You know, we're trying to keep you sharp and focused. We're trying to create ways that we, that we can work together in our witness. And we're, we're, we're trying to, to help you to walk with and to listen to and to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit, who is, of course, the expert when it comes to witnessing. So there's my four. You know, and as I said, going back into Ephesians chapter 4, a huge part of, of what we do here. You know, before we can become an outreach centre, we've got to become a training centre. All of us have got to be equipped. We've got to be equipped so we're strong in the Word. We've got to be equipped so we learn how to walk closely with the Lord. So many answers in that very statement. We need to be equipped so we can be fruitful and effective in our work. And of course, ultimately equipped to be effective in our witness as we stand before him as an ambassador. I'm pretty much done. And whilst the worship team, if they wouldn't mind coming to the front, please, that would be great. I'm going to give you just a quick challenge today. And then I wrap this up while they're getting ready. So challenge number one is, are you equipped? Are you equipped? Recognizing it's a journey we're all on and will always be on. Are you equipped in the word? Are you equipped in in your walk? Are you equipped to work? Are you equipped to witness? And I suppose the, the, the question that, that spins off of that is where do you need personal investment in order to be more completely, roundedly, strongly equipped? And that then ask a question again that spins off that, that where might some additional uh, church resources be available to help you on that journey? To which I'd say at any time, please do feel free to ask, come grab me after church or email me if there's, if there's an area you want to grow in. Any of those four, just ask and hopefully we can, we can point you in the right direction. So challenge number one is, are you equipped? And then challenge number two actually is, who are you equipping? Probably should be, whom are you equipping? Now here's the question, here's the are you effectively and intentionally equipping your own children. Another question, are you, who are you mentoring or are you being mentored by? It doesn't necessarily have to be formally, it can be informally. And then finally, what, what gift do you have or, or what gift are you developing that could be helping to equip the saints around here to do the work of the ministry. So a very simple challenge. Are you being equipped? Are you on that journey? Are you moving forward? And then an equal challenge. Who around you are you equipping? Because that's how it works.